Yahweh, Abba, we bless the reading and sharing of this word, Father, for your glorification and for the edification and exhortation of my brothers and sisters to the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord, Savior, Sanctifier, Redeemer, for his sake, Father God, Yahweh, Amen, Yeshua, Amen, Parakletos, Amen. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to share uh, several things from Paul, um, important things. And and um, before I get take off on that, um, I know it seems like I might be kind of redundant and keep talking about that higher love thing, but it seems like especially the way the world is today. But, you know, I consider to be in very good company because... The love of God is something that is uh, repeated often by a number of the apostles. And John, uh, <laughs> he was um, he spoke of that often. And we're talking about Jesus' brother who was walking with him, not only as an earthly brother, but as a heavenly brother. He was one of the disciples. And he used to preach often on the love of God and Jesus Christ and that we are to love one another as we love ourselves and and be good to our neighbors. And he was asked, you know, if he could preach something different, a new sermon. Um, So he began, started a little bit differently and then fell right back into that love of God, love of Christ, love your neighbor as yourself and do unto others and fell right back into that thing again. And and it's important to understand, brothers and sisters, that without that higher love, without the love of God and without Jesus Christ in our hearts and the guide and leading of the Holy Spirit, we can't love others. You know, yeah, there are nice people and loving people and they're they're but an unconditional love if you look at worldly love and the way that people live and love in this world today it's about what they can get from somebody else or it's a conditional love and in many marriages you know you get that issue with, uh, you know, husbands won't give their wife any affection unless they get some first and vice versa we're talking about agape love here, brothers and sisters. So deep. And Paul writes in Ephesians 4, and I'm going to go through verse 9 through 19. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath be hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the enter eternal purpose which he proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom ye have boldness and access with confidence by faith in of him. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. For the cause I bow my knees unto the Father 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by the spirit inherent in the inner man, pardon me, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, that ye be rooted and grounded in love. Let me say that again. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Brothers and sisters, the love is beyond comprehension. That's what Paul's talking about. This is beyond comprehension of man because we have a tendency to look at these things that God proposes for us through Christ Jesus who sacrificed himself for us who washed us in the blood of his crucifixion to be justified, sanctified, redeemed. And this love that God has, here's a little two-letter word again, so loved the world. And there's so there are many, I'm going to use that word too, so many that still don't get that. They're trying to fathom that thought process in their minds and it goes beyond their understanding. Why? Because our Father God is a great mystery. How could he love us so much? How did Jesus love us so much that he gave the greatest gift that any man could give? That he laid down his life And brothers and sisters, this is something that is hard for folks to comprehend. They just don't get it. Why? Because they're not understanding with a godly mind or the mind of a follower of Christ. They're trying to comprehend it with the mind of a man or woman. And you're not going to get it that way. You won't. You have to stay in the word of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all heavenly things. And all these things shall be given unto you. Brothers and sisters, look first to the Father God. Through Jesus Christ. And all these things will, shall be added unto you, the knowledge. And brothers and sisters, it is a wonderful thing to be able to, to have God share that with us. And I'm going to also share some other things that I've shared with you before. And this is out of... Sorry, I've got my markers in here. This is in the book of... Philippians, 
And this is Philippians chapter 4. Starting in verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were uh, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. So Paul was you know, remember that most of his letter writing came from him being imprisoned. And this is to the church in Philippi. And remember that the church in Philippi is smack dab in the middle of uh, uh, Rome, Greek. And it's an outpost church, a seated church that was right smack in the middle of all sorts of ungodliness. And the church is beset on all sides. And they they wrote to Paul. And they and so his letters back to them are to exhort them. And, and they were helping to, you know, they'd send him care packages and things. And they weren't able to do so. Uh, for a time, and that's what he's talking about here. Where you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, this is important, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. So I've shared that with you before, brothers and sisters, and I look around and, and take note of the things that I, that I don't have. But more importantly, I look around and I see things that I do have. I have the love of brother and sister. I'm sitting here right now looking up on this wall and I have my, my uh, niece and she's holding my great nephew in her arms and her and my nephew, they, they live in Hawaii. And I have never been there to see them, but in contact. And she loves God. He loves God and and this beautiful thing that I have. And then I'm looking over here and my brothers and sisters that were in my group that I was in at another church, they send me holiday greeting cards and, you know, photos of the whole family together and, and get those and... And I look around and I look up and I see a ceiling. I see light. I have a table. I, I, I don't have what I had, but I have learned to be content in what I do have. And when I look at these things that I have here, I am flooded with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength and not my circumstances and the happenings around me that my happiness depends on. That's vanity. It's of the world. It's temporal. It's not complete and it's not whole. I look at the morning that God graces me with breath and the mercy to continue breathing through the course of the day because that's what it is, brothers and sisters. You have to understand that God graces us by giving us what we don't deserve. How do you think that we deserve anything that we have? Anything at all. We, by all practical purposes, were at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. We had part and parcel of that crucifixion. He came to this world to die for our sins, to be sacrificed for our sins, to sanctify, justify, redeem, and save us. Yes, we did have part and parcel in that crucifixion. And yet, 
by God's grace and his loving us so much beyond our comprehension. He graces us with what we don't deserve and mercifully holds back what we do. That's the difference between the two. What we don't deserve, he gives, and what we do deserve, he doesn't give us. Brothers and sisters, this is love. This is that unfathomable love that goes beyond knowledge and comprehension with the mind of man. And that we have to, as Paul said here, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You have to learn how to do that, brothers and sisters. This isn't something that I've shared with you before, something that automatically happens when you become a Christian. And more importantly, I think, is is very important here, this... That... uh, is that we have to understand this thing that what we are in is uh, it's it's an important race that we're in, but it's not just a race, and uh, it's important that we pray for one another and we uplift one another, and as. Paul wrote in his first letter to Timothy, um, in Timothy 2. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So brothers and sisters, like I was shared with you before, is that this is what we're called for. This is our purpose. God's desire is that all would be saved. And that is our purpose and our calling, is that we share the word of God, the truth, our instruction manual for life with all men. And that everyone would have an opportunity to be saved. But herein is, the, is a very important aspect of what we're doing. This is in Hebrews 12, and starting in verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Wow. 
For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not that thou the chastising of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening God of God, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if he be without chastisement, wherefore all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. So what Paul is saying here, uh, several things here, is that we have to understand that we're in a race. If you look at it that way. But my perception is more of a gauntlet. And for those of you that are not familiar with gauntlet, there are... A couple terms. Uh, one is that it's a type of glove that knights wore. It was a, had a long cuff and it was a protection. Um, but it has come to mean uh, a, there's a different meaning, and and there are certain groups that use this now, still, and there are some military organizations that use that. Uh, the gauntlet is a race. It's a form of a race, but in running that race and during the course of that race. You're ambushed, set upon by uh, members that have already run the gauntlet, passed and become a part of that unit or whatever. And they will uh, try to clip you as, a, as they do in football, try to and knock you down and knock you over. Or uh, in some case, some countries, they smack you with bamboo sticks and, and a lot of different things. Um, and we are in a gauntlet, if you will, to to see this picture that I'm trying to get to you, is that our race is on an elevated platform. The track is elevated that we're on. And it must be because we cannot be, we are called uh, to be in the world but not of the world. So our footpath has to be elevated and we have to keep on this higher plane. Um, we're in the world and we need to share with people and be able to... Uh, step down and back up on this thing but what happens in this race that we're in and the ultimate goal of course is our life eternal with Jesus Christ and God our Father but during the course of this race this gauntlet that we're in we're set upon by the serpents and scorpions that come at us the demons that are in the minions of hell and they try to knock us off that path and brothers and sisters Woe to those that give up, become discouraged, throw up their arms and say, I give up, I can't keep doing this. That's very sad indeed. And this is why every single day and what Paul was talking about in prayer and supplication, continual prayer for each other to uplift, to exhort, to encourage in love, compassion, with no conditions set upon that thing that we do. There's no condition to it. It's got to be that agape love, that higher love, that deeper love, that one that passeth all understanding of mankind, that we do it because that's what we are to do. 
And that is the character of God. He loves us, not because it's the right thing to do. That's because that's his character to love us that way. That is the character of our Father. And his desire is that character be in each one of us. We have it in us. We have the ability, but it has been turned off like that, like the faucet. You just turn that gate valve and shut off the flow. Why? Because we're in this deep, dark world and, it, and we listen to those things that are being said on each side of us and that how we have to be self-sufficient. We have to be this and we have to be that. The self-help gurus that everybody's into and all these things that uh, there are celebrities that have actually, they praise these individuals they've gone to and has taught them that, that uh, oh boy, this is going to be an interesting one when they have to explain this to God, has told them that each one of them is actually God and that they are in heaven and how they make their heaven is what their life depends on and that they... <laughs> They actually convince people that that is the reality. Um, no, that's contrary to biblical teaching, and they're going to have some serious explanation. But this is this is one of these uh, self-help gurus that uh, these celebrities are claiming to be the greatest thing since the invention of the napkin. Well, they spilled on that napkin and it's stained. The truth is that these things I share with you, brothers and sisters, without staying in the word of God, without seeking his truth, without staying in the word and studying, to learn these things. Paul writes about these things. We have to practice to be this way. We have to learn how to be accepting of these things. Because the things that are in the Bible, this is why they call us a peculiar people. I know I'm a weirdo anyway, but... Uh, we're called a peculiar people because we don't fit in to what society expects. We're supposed to be that peculiar people, okay? We're not supposed to be like the cultural Christians that walk around and then they become acceptable of this and that and the other thing. They compromise their position in faith by saying, well, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or, you know, I know that's in the Bible, but I, I probably shouldn't have said it. Excuse me? Don't be a coward. Don't step aside and compromise what the Bible tells you. Don't be confrontational about it, but don't be apologetic for it. God doesn't need you to apologize for him. He doesn't need you to protect him. He doesn't need you need any of that from us. This is the, the this is the being that created everything that we see around us and then things that we don't see. I was watching this lightning storm last night at work and oh my gosh. And I couldn't help but smile and, and feel the might and majesty of my Lord God Almighty. And the Bible tells us for those that look around and then try to give an excuse to God, well, I didn't know. God's going to scoff at them and he's going to say, yeah, okay. How can you look around at all these things, these wonders, and even the skyscrapers and building, the knowledge and wisdom that God gave to the men to put this thing together? 
the collection of knowledge that then becomes wisdom and how to apply the knowledge that God shared with them. But yet there are those that will not give that glory and praise to God to whom deserves because they have taken it upon themselves that they are their own savior. Brothers and sisters, I love you. And as Paul wrote to Timothy, I do so every day. Am I going out on the start of my day? My coming in at the end of the day, during the course of the day, you are in my prayers, you're in my thoughts, and I pray constantly for your uprightness, your strength, your courage, and brothers and sisters, that you seek through the word of God and let go the mindset that man has instilled and seek the answer to this higher love through the word of God and through that perception and not that of man because it's something that's beyond comprehension. This is one of the many mysteries of God. How could God have loved us so much? And Jesus Christ loved us so much and he just stepped off the ground, tossed the ground down, said, I'll go, and came down here and died for every single one of us. Brothers and sisters, some that might be listening to this that have not taken the opportunity, it's there for you. All you have to do, you don't have to make a great production of this. You don't have to have a fanfare. You don't have to have a hundred members of a church body gather around you and and dump a bucket of oil on your head and, and all this. All you have to do, you can do so in a prayer closet. You can do so by yourself. And this would be a time that you take a prayer posture of kneeling because uh, this is surrendering your heart to Jesus Christ, accepting Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then dive into the Word, seek his face, look for the answers in the word and not from men. The opportunity is here for all to be in the family and to be taken to heaven eternally with Jesus Christ and God the Father. Believe in Jesus Christ, have faith in God and the Holy Spirit will guide through life and prayer and, and help us to find answers. You seek an answer, as the teacher. Brothers and sisters, I love you. You have a blessed day, a great day, an awesome day, and you are in my prayers.